Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So Jerome Powell came out, raised rates by 25 basis points. How did the market respond? Let's get into it right now. Got to apologize for the glasses. Just having some residual issues with my eye. Had to go to the doctor. No big deal. It says it's pretty ugly right now. Should be back to normal within the next couple of days. Okay, let's get into CNBC, see what happened here. And that's not it. And I can't find it. Oh, well. It should be right at the homepage here, and it sure is. So, Jerome Powell, like I said, increased rates by 25%. So, this takes Fed funds target range from 4.75% to 5%, 5.25%. Now, it's going to be very interesting as we go through this video to see what the bond market did in response because if the Fed raises rates by 25 basis points, if they have control of the bond market and interest rates, as everyone thinks they do, then we should see interest rates increase across the board, across the curve. My guess, that's not what happened, which would give us some serious signals about a potential economic recession, if not worse. All right, let's get into this here. This is kind of the running tally of what's happening. Uh, the run on... Stupid Valley Bank was out of keeping with history. What? <laughs> okay. How is he saying that? We have we have banking failures like pretty much every year. In fact, if we have going back to 2001, I don't know if you guys recall that chart from yesterday. The years that we don't have any banking failures are actually the anomaly. Now, it is true that this 2023 has been historic, meaning that we've had a greater amount of bank failures when you um with as far as the aggregate total than we had in 2008 so the the value of the banks that failed is greater today than 2008 so you can't say well oh george this is never going to be like 2008 well you're right it's already worse from that standpoint so but as far as silicon valley bank going bust itself I don't know that that's entirely out of keeping with the speed of runs through history. And he's talked about the speed of runs. Uh, I don't know if I buy that either because I, I know that a, a serious drawdown there, but to me, it seems like it's about that, like that saying when you go bankrupt, it happens very, very slowly and all at once. And I think the liability side of their balance sheet, they had deposits decreasing because every single one of their customers was a tech, a tech company that was incinerating money. And then, sure enough, once it gets to a certain point, then like, oh my gosh, and everyone that does have money left takes it out. But I think you could have seen the writing on the wall there far in advance. But I don't want to nitpick here. Let's keep going. I'm not aware of anybody thinking that this could happen quite so quickly. Jeez. Nobody thought this could ever, ever happen except for the entire yield curve for the last year. <laughs> Other than that, no one predicted this. So then I guess Powell says in his uh, in his press conference there uh, that it remains too soon to cut rates. Of course, he's going to say that. Here's a quote. We on the committee have a view that inflation is going to come down not so quickly. Okay, take that with a grain of salt because this is the guy that said that the committee, the, 
the committee and him believed that there was no chance that we'd have sustained inflation. Remember, that was transitory. The quote continues, it will take some time, and in that world, if that forecast is broadly right, it would not be appropriate to cut rates, and we won't cut rates. Okay, well, let's just say that inflation comes down to 2%. Would it then be appropriate to cut rates? Why? Why? It's not like rates right now are at 25%. Meaning, it's not like rates are way higher than their historic norm right now. Right now at 5 or 5.25, they're actually pretty darn normal. So let's just say that in, let's say we do have a soft landing and interest, or excuse me, inflation just gradually goes back down to 2%, no big deal. Unemployment rate only goes up to, let's say, 4.5%. Fantastic. Why would that prompt a rate decrease? Again, he makes it sound like rates are historically high when even right now they're average, maybe even on the low side. He added that demand in the labor market conditions will likely need to weaken some more to see progress within non-housing services and, and deem rate cuts appropriate. Aye, aye, aye. This goes right back to, to the Phillips curve that has just been debunked so many times. It's like, you know, it's it's one of those things like the wage gap. It's like it's been debunked so many times and it's just so ridiculous that it's it's very frustrating that people still use that as some sort of argument. Cooling labor market points to possibility of avoiding recession. What? Wouldn't that increase the possibility of recession? The initial signs of weakness in the labor market suggest that the path to a soft landing for the U.S. economy is not off the table. Oh, so here we go. So the Goldilocks things, the labor market's just, or the unemployment rate's gradually going to go up very, very slowly, not going to impact GDP, and that's going to bring the inflation rate down. Therefore, we don't have to raise interest rates anymore. Then it gets back down to 2%. And then once we've got inflation under control, we can drop rates back down to zero. I don't know why you would. but uh, Or drop rates back down to a level that's more accommodative. And then the economy can just rip higher from there. And we d- never have to worry about inflation again. It's uh, It sounds ridiculous when you say it. Because it is. And the probability that happened is incredibly low. And uh, if the bond market is any indicator, which it has been, then, and and that's another thing too. All these people in the mainstream media, a lot of people on FinTwit as well, just really ignored the yield curve. They said it didn't matter. The Fed's manipulating it too much. It's, It's dead. It has no predictive ability anymore. And the Fed was right there in line with this chorus. But yet, we see all these banks go bust. And as if the yield curve wasn't predicting that, well, I mean, no one could have predicted all these banks failing. You know, like they can't connect those dots and say, hmm, wait wait a minute here. That yield curve was predicting something bad happening like nine months ago. And something bad is happening. Maybe that yield curve knows something. 
especially when it's been right pretty much every single time going all the way back to 1950. But of course they can't admit that because then that would be admitting that the market actually knows more than they do. Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Got a quick question for you. Are you someone that realizes we are headed straight for an economic recession, maybe even worse? Do you also realize that the government is trying to restrict your freedom, liberty, and privacy on a daily basis? We've all heard in the news lately about central bank digital currencies, and it's not a matter of if we get them, it's simply a matter of when. But although you know we're facing all of these problems, you don't know what to do about it. How do you protect your wealth or grow your wealth when we're dealing with a very volatile economic environment? Or how do you maintain or increase your freedom and privacy when we have this woke Orwellian government that's trying to micromanage your life? Well, fortunately, got some good news for you. I have set up an event that is focused on helping you, the rebel capitalist, find solutions to these problems. It's all set up to help you build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments. That event is Rebel Capitalist Live. It's going to be absolutely incredible. It's in Orlando, May 12th to the 14th. We're going to have speakers like Peter Schiff, Mike Maloney, Lynn Alden, Chris McIntosh, Brent Johnson, Jeff Snyder, Robert Barnes, just to name a few. So to get more information on how you can attend this incredible event, it's going to give you actionable intel that will help you prepare for the rest of 2023 and beyond. Go to rebelcapitalistlive.com, and I will see you in Orlando. Powell says more data is needed to see if the Fed funds rate is restrictive enough. I, again, I mean, I'm just beating a dead horse here. I don't know what data you need other than your own data, Jerome Powell. He himself. I think it's the whiteboard video I have coming out tonight where I highlighted the fact that Jerome Powell himself a year ago or uh, nine months ago came out and said that the, the metric you should use that has almost 100% accuracy when looking at the yield curve is something called the near-term forward spread. Snyder talks about it all the time. And now if you look at that near-term forward spread, it's the worst it's ever been. And this, a year ago, was, the, according to the Fed and Jerome Powell, was the holy grail of economic indicators. And now, for some reason, they're just completely ignoring that. And my point there is that if you just looked at this holy grail of economic indicators, according to them, it would tell them that Fed funds is already too restrictive. All right, so... Oh, here we go. Powell calls J.P. Morgan's acquisition of First Republic an exception. How many exceptions are we going to have? Silicon Valley Bank. Oh, well, that was an outlier. That was exception. Signature. Oh, well, you can't pay any attention to that. That was an outlier. Credit Suisse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that doesn't count because that's that's uh, offshore. First Republic. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's just a, that's just a one-off. That, that, that's an exception. We don't need to worry about any of that anymore. I mean, how many banks need to fail? in order for them to say, um, you know what? We might have a problem that we can't fix. And if the Fed's tools, we talked about this yesterday, were so powerful, were so incredible, were, uh, if the Fed's tools 
were uh, just so precise and so effective, then why did we have First Republic? Why didn't they just use the Fed, the Fed's tools that they set up a month ago? Why didn't they use the facility that was supposed to prevent this from happening? You see, it's a rhetorical question. Obviously, my point is that the Fed's tools, they don't solve the problem because they don't even understand the problem. All right, let's get over to the market market's response to this. You guys understand. Basically, the Fed is doing what they always do, just doing what the market expects and then coming out trying to talk hawkish because they think that's going to impact the market behavior, going to bring inflation down without having the, without uh, forcing them to raise rates higher. It's all just this expectations policy and, and PSYOP game. So let's start with the Dow is down 200 points as of right now. S&P down 0.68%. NASDAQ down 047 so I don't know if that tells us really anything other than just kind of noise. Bonds, this is the big deal here. So the 10-year, so the Fed hikes rates by 25%, and the 10-year goes down. The two-year goes down. <laughs> down, not up. What does that tell you? It tells you that the market completely disagrees with the Federal Reserve. They do not think that inflation is the problem. They they don't think an overheated economy is the problem. They don't think low unemployment is the problem. They think the opposite because they're looking into the future. And their crystal ball, which is right nine times out of 10, is telling them that the real problem is that the unemployment rate is going to be too high. The real problem is that the economy is going to collapse and if and and it's not just people saying this. That's why the bond market is so powerful because you can see where people are actually placing their bets and putting their money. So they can talk, 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 right? But you almost ignore that because that doesn't mean anything. Anyone can say anything, but it's where people are actually placing their money. And it's where the smart people and the big pools of money are actually placing their bets. And the pools of money that have been correct 95% of the time going all the way back to the 1950s. Uh, let's stick with the markets here. Bitcoin down, which is rather surprising. That might just be kind of uh, noise. I guess maybe it's just because he was talking hawkish and it's trading right along with the NASDAQ. It's unfortunate. I wish Bitcoin would decouple from the NASDAQ, but I'm sure it will at some point, but it sure... Not now. Oil, we talked about this earlier. 68.23. And if you didn't watch that video that I just did this morning, oil was two or three days ago at $77. And it has absolutely collapsed. The price is tanked. Why? Did OPEC Plus come out and announce that they're going to increase production? No. No. The last announcement was that they were going to decrease production by over a million barrels a day. So what's going on? Same thing is happening in the bond market. They say, Fed, you're increasing rates because you're worried about inflation. But what you're doing is you're just making the inevitable crash that much worse. That's why the two-year goes down. That's why the 10-year goes down. 
if they wouldn't have raised rates, I'll bet you the two-year would be a, a lot higher. The 10-year probably would have been a lot higher. Because, again, if they're not raising rates, that's the market saying, okay, well, we're going to have a recession, but it's not, not going to be as bad. The more they raise rates, raise rates, raise rates, and raise rates, then the market's like, okay, you're just making the problem worse. And if the problem's going to get worse, that means you're going to drop even faster. And that means we're going to buy the 10-year treasury. That means we're going to buy the 30-year treasury, maybe even the two-year, to hedge the long side of our portfolio. Look at gold. Gold is, up, wow, up $2,035. Hmm. I have no insights there. I don't know why gold would be trading higher. Maybe he signaled, I, I know he signaled uh, later on in the meeting that this was likely going to be a pause. So the CNBC, the talking heads were calling it like a hawkish type pause. Maybe that's why gold up, but you'd expect Bitcoin to be up on that news as well. So I'm not sure, maybe just some noise, but gold definitely up. I think out of all this, the big news is the what's happening in the bond market and what's happening in the oil market. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. I'll see you in the next video.